That's a great question. To be authentic for me means everything that I do aligns with love and care and nurturing. Welcome to Growing Through Grief. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. Growing Through Grief is a weekly sprinkle of education and inspiration to help you take action that leads to personal freedom and greatness. I share powerful conversations with grief experts, spiritual advisors, and other courageous souls in this transformational podcast. I believe with the right support and the power of community, you can eliminate unnecessary prolonged grief. I'm here to teach you how to normalize, recognize, and use grief as a growth tool. I've been a champion for growth for decades since the loss of my mother. Together, we are growing. I'll give you weekly tips and small steps that will move the needle forward so that you are experiencing a healthy inner relationship with yourself. Let's get started. So hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Growing Through Grief podcast. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. So as promised, we are doing a part two where we're discussing my transformational journey. And we promised a part two. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, please go back and do that if you wish. And as promised, um, Rosie, my co-host, is back with me. And we hope to share some things about my journey that will inspire you to move into, to step into your transformation process as well. And that is not to assume you haven't already, but maybe you will hear something that would take you or encourage you or inspire you to go even deeper. So with that, let me welcome Rosie back. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to uh, be a part of this part two and and to, yeah, to go deeper. Yeah. So, yeah, we're back with excited curiosity, radical curiosity. Just let's get curious, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so if we can get right into it, I just, you know, um, recalling all that you shared in the last episode, I'm just curious about if there was, if there was anything that, like, during your transformation process, right, was there, was there a letting go? And I know you mentioned one of the core beliefs, right, of not being good enough. So I'd imagined you started, right, to let that go. Um, but is there or can, can you share more, I guess, a, a, about that, about that? Yeah. So as part of that core belief, not good enough, I was definitely a people pleaser, right? I was definitely one of those people that would go along to get along. Although I had an air about that, I guess I'll call it submissiveness, go along to get along, but there was a there was a um a line in the sand. Don't step too far over. Don't get too close to the line. So 
the way the not good enough showed up for me would be people pleasing. Um, definitely let's do it right. Let's get it right. Let's do it perfectly. Um, attach to my family and not really showing up authentically for fear of maybe losing that attachment. I showed up in similar ways with my children, um, make sure they had everything they needed, even as adults, not everything, of course, we can't give them everything. But even as adults, um, I was still playing that role that to make sure my grownups were taken care of. So your statement, what did I have to let go? I had to let go of my expectations of people, especially my children, and wanting them to show up a certain way so I could feel good about myself. Because if they show up differently, hmm, then I begin to question, did I not do a good job? Did I not teach them these things? I also had to let go of people who no longer aligned with the healed Diana, with the Diana that was no longer a people pleaser, with the Diana who didn't feel it necessary to have attachments, but authenticity was more important than the attachments. Yeah, so there were quite a bit of letting go without judging anyone else. It was all about me. And I began to start to have a deeper relationship with myself because at the end of the day, that's the only relationship we're having anyway, right? The one we're having with ourselves. That took me a long time to learn as well. And I began to connect to the real, the more authentic, loving essence of who I am and accepting those parts of me who showed up maybe defiant, resisting, don't cross that line, accept that too, because sometimes she had to show up as well. <laughs> yes. Wow. Thank you. And you brought up a couple of times this, the, the, the attachment and then you said you had to let go of, of friendships, right? Um, because you chose to be, um, authentic versus seeking that attachment. What it, I guess, what is, what does that mean for, for you, Diana, today to, to, to be authentic? Wow. That's a great question. To be authentic for me means everything that I do aligns with love and care and nurturing. I don't have to overly extend myself for anything or anybody. I know now my presence is enough. I don't have to give you anything for you to be in my life. And the flip side of that coin is I had to learn to accept gifts. I was a giver, giver, giver. 
but I had to learn to accept from others as well. So no judging of others, right? It's just being authentic, being, as I said earlier about the compassionate part, certain conversations don't align with me. I'm not a jokester. Let's not joke about people. Yeah? Yeah. And you said the word knowing again, and, and that came up in the first episode, right? And so that's what I wondered if there's, if that authenticity is attached to your inner knowing and that, and that's what it sounded like to me, you know, with what you just described. And I just think that's just so beautiful that somehow through, through work and work, <laughs> everything that you've done, you're, you're paying attention to your inner knowing, right? And that's... Yeah, I yeah. am paying attention to my inner knowing, and I want to make it clear to the listeners that I'm not implying I have it all together. I'm still on this journey, as you said earlier, but the transformation process has started and it's sweet, it's fun, it can be painful at times, but as I understand more deeply who I am, yeah, what I experienced as a child, what I experienced as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult, and as my daughter would say, what I'm experiencing now at my big age, <laughs> my daughter says that, um, and what that did to me, what that's doing to me, it shaped how I see the world, right? That's my filter. And really looking at some of my emotional and mental limitations, those beliefs that oftentimes get in the way of our future. So I'm just paying attention, just paying attention. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and that's a, from my perspective, outside looking in, that's a beautiful place to be, yeah. And piggybacking off of that and that, that it is a process, right, that you just shared. It's not like, okay, I'm paying attention to my inner knowing and that because of this I am saved and healed. But it's it's that it's that process and and it's a struggle as you said and and I'm I'm curious about because I know you did um at least one hundred um free counseling sessions and just in in that process because that that speaks to your right you're giving you're 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 still giving back but but this time was perhaps what was the difference between okay saying okay I'm going to give of my time that's at least 100 right hours and not just the hours it's the spiritual mental emotional container that I know you have to be for these clients and so how is it different to make that decision to say okay I'm doing it for free versus before where you would have probably done something for that, you said, attachment or. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for that question. 100 free sessions. Before I answer that, is it okay if I go back to, as I was talking about, well, we opened the episode with the intention to inspire others. If I may, 
I would like to share that my process included a lot of inspiration and inspiring myself. And I I would like to go back because, again, I like to create these acronyms and things that keep me, that serve as a reminder for me. So I created this acronym for INSPIRE, right? And the I stands for being intentional about maintaining my sense of freedom and purpose. The N, just noticing what's happening all the time, especially that nervous system and how I respond. We know we get it right. Most people get it right there in the gut. Well, I get it right there in my gut. When something is happening there, something is off. So just notice that. And then surrender to whatever it is, whatever the emotions are. Don't fight them. I don't fight them. I just, okay, there you are. Let me just give you some attention, right? <laughs> and then it moves. Take a breath. It moves through. And then the P in Inspire is always protecting myself through, through a pause. Yeah. Be just right there that quietness, that pause. Then I decide what's happening. Am I believing something in the past? Am I still believing I'm not good enough? What just happened, right? And then the I is always inquiring. The R is reconnecting and nurturing those younger parts of me who didn't have the mom, wasn't nurtured, seen, and cared for the way a mom could. And then always exploring new things, new possibilities, doing something different, aiming to think differently. Yeah, yeah. So back to your question. Yeah, if I may, that that was beautiful. And I'd love for you to um, to share that Yeah, with me because I could use that as well. And it, I memorized your four C's or five C's, but um, inspire. And as you were going through it and yeah, thinking about just the first few minutes of, of this of this podcast, that that's essentially everything that you described about your process. And you summed it up in inspire. So there's what I see, there's that congruency from what you wrote, this acronym, with how you're living, right, and expressing. So that was very evident and really, really neat. Thank you for sharing that. So I believe your question was related to those 100 free therapy sessions that you and I both did. (laughs) You did 100, I did 100. Um, The question was, do you mind asking the question again? Yeah, so I get it right. Mm-hmm. And leading back to that that belief that you had of or or the way you lived your life, like doing for others because that was likely the expectation or you felt you needed to or had to, right? How is it different now knowing or or when you made the decision to make to to say, I'm going to contribute these one hundred hours, which for the listeners, that's essentially, I don't know, it could be 50 humans, right, that she gifted her, her, you know, this time and energy and essence to. 
what shifted in you to make that okay to make that decision? Was it an easy decision? I guess there's many questions, right? And it's a loaded question to see what, yeah. what was behind that. That is a great question. And it was an easy decision in a sense. You sort of, this was kind of like your initiative in the beginning and I said yes. So I refer to it as a pay paying it forward initiative. The difference here is that people pleaser in me used to be the people pleaser would have done it to earn some attention or look at me, I can do this and I'm doing a hundred people. Um, never, never occurred to me, period. Never came up. And the fact that they were 100 free sessions really aligned with my purpose because I also have a nonprofit. Yes, nonprofits make money, but we are able to get grants to fund people who can't afford it, right? So even though I didn't get a grant, I granted these people the opportunity to experience compassionate inquiry which is a powerful process. So I think hopefully I answered your question there. Yeah. And in the process of doing that, you know, I'm my first student. I learned so much from those clients. I learned so much. They mirrored back to me some of my challenges. And the majority, the number one challenge was around childhood experiences. Not necessarily the same as mine, losing a parent, but they were all working on something that happened in their childhood. They had not made the connection until our conversation, most of them, they had heard it before, some hadn't. And that was a gift to me. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, you you definitely answered that question. And um, the people pleaser, I guess, was was the one before and you didn't have any of that when you when you um, considered these um, 100 hours. And so that's, yeah, that was very evident. And, and you shared that, yeah, they, the these clients then gifted back to you by being that mirror for you. There were a lot of women who either their mother was still living but emotionally unavailable or their mother too had transitioned like mine. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say because you did have experience with a lot of beautiful people during this time and just to, you know, just, I know we can't go really into it, but perhaps just a couple, what, as far as, um, what are the misconceptions that clients would come in with, you know, when, when they'd see you, just so we can normalize that as well, that, you know, so people don't think they're the only ones with, you know, whatever thoughts or beliefs they have. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that question reminds me of the question I get about when they lose a loved when someone loses a loved one. Well, how long should I grieve? How long should you grieve? I don't know. Every time I'm shocked when I'm asked that question. There is my opinion. There is no time frame. There is no getting over someone you love. There's a going through it. And perhaps it softens over time, or you create new skills or tools or coping mechanisms. Um, as in myself, it's turning that pain into passion and legacy. Because I get to talk about my mom all the time when I'm in sessions. So we do different things, but. I think the biggest misconception that I experienced with those clients, they came in thinking they were bad. It was their fault. And they would never get over what they were going through. Yeah, it was their fault. Mm-hmm. And with that, you talked about excited curiosity. There's that shame. Yeah. Because I'm in this, a lot of pain, I did XXX. And that was shameful. Now I no longer want to be here. You mentioned the suicide ideation. Yeah, the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and and along those lines, and you shared a little bit, you touched on it a little bit, but can you give us just, you know, a minute or two on what you what you learned and integrated, you know, just about yourself during that process? What I learned, what I integrated about myself. What I learned, what I integrated about myself. Oh my goodness, we would. This would take forever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me just. Let's see. Yeah, I, I learned so much about myself. I, I'll peek it back on what I just said. That oftentimes we may have gone to a therapist. Um, we have this powerful, deep-rooted spiritual path we're on. Uh, we're in communities, all with intention to feel better, release trauma. And without understanding what the trauma is, how did it come about? So I was never one of those people who blamed myself for anything, but I had to learn about my history before I got here, right? I had to learn about the fact that our DNA is encoded with everything that has happened to us. Sometimes things that happen to our parents, our ancestors, whomever, 
I had to learn a lot of things. <laughs> um, and because as I started that process, I started thinking about one word that I needed to just, I needed to, I was choosing to hang on to. And that word is freedom. So I started this journey of freedom. You know, my word of the year is freedom. My life, it will probably be my word for my life. I'm anchored in that word. And then I began to think about freedom from what? Right? My mindset, my emotional instability. But here's the big one that I just learned my biological freedom, my DNA, <laughs> my nervous system. Why do I show up the way I show up? Yeah. So I just continue to learn more and more about who I am and putting some freedom around that and started to move into this area with BIPOC community and just learn. What does it mean to be free of the effects of the things that have happened? And I'll say it, and racialized trauma. There are other types of trauma, but I'm beginning to study the history of my people, actually black and brown people. And there is so much there for us to know. It takes me back to the trauma lives in our body. Does that answer your question? For sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just need a minute to take that in. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and thank you for sharing yet another one. Your your word, yeah, with with everyone. I'm I'm well aware of your your word choice for the year and and that freedom, right? That freedom. I love how you broke that down. It's like, okay, but freedom from what and of what? Ooh, yeah, yeah. That was really intense. <laughs> right as we start to talk about freedom. And when I think about freedom, um, I just heard this, and you probably already know this, this study, this science, this research about the mice, the baby mouse. And um, even though they had not experienced a lot of things that their parents had experienced, it affected them as well. So that moves us into epigenetics and yeah, I'm just learning so much, but I'm not just learning this, I'm applying this. Well, what does that mean in my life? What does that mean in my sister's life, right? Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for, for sharing that. And, and yeah, I feel like that's another book you can write, write about that and what that means just basically on, on freedom. Because that word means so much, like, you know, there's different definitions of freedom for everybody, for everybody. But it sounds like, you know, you took a deep dive into it. And, and what am I, what am I freeing myself from? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why am I like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not that it's bad, you know? Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Why am I strive to heal this certain area of my life and it is repetitive? You know, it's yeah. coming up 
over and over and over. So yeah, mm-hmm. and that too is we, yeah, that too is another topic that I hate to leave the listeners just hanging out there um, as we start to really get into the meat of the conversation. <laughs> um, so here I am asking, what are we going to do about that? Are we going to have like one more episode? <laughs> I'd say let's do it because I'm burning to ask a you few more, more questions. questions. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, you have more questions. I have more to share about my life yeah. and my ancestors and how it led me to this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So there you hear it again, listeners. You heard it here. We have one more episode. Part three, where we're going to really get into the meat of the conversation. And we're going to be talking to, we have um, a message for Black and Brown people, as well as anyone who identify as a white body. So you have to stay tuned, but you can't get it now. You have to come back. So I hope to see you next week, the next episode. In the meantime, keep on growing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Growing Through Grief and being part of this loving community of women. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share and spread the word. Let's help all women become richer and more nourished in their heart so that they're able to just keep on rising. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, or you would like to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at coachingtotheheart.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep on growing.